I'm Arya Schwartz, along with Eli Horowitz, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W. Using X's and O's, along with key stats, we bring honest and critical analysis. This week, we truly have a special guest for this episode. I'm very excited to welcome Blake Dudonis to the show. Blake is a former D1 women's college basketball coach, current SEC network analysis, high post hoops writer, and national high school scout for Blue Star Basketball. Uh, did I get all that right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That, that'll work for here. Jeez, man, you you are a busy man, so we really appreciate you making the time to come on to the show. Uh, I appreciate you guys for having me. I love listening to you guys, so I'm certainly honored that uh, you'd have me on. You know, real quick, uh, why don't you just give a little shout out to uh, your show and uh, you know the your your different venues of social media? Sure. Well, I appreciate you uh, giving me that opportunity. Yeah, I, I started a podcast myself called The Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, which can be found on all the various uh, podcast sources. Uh, just kind of trying to help carve out a different path that women's basketball podcasts don't have, very similar to what you guys are doing in the sense of. You guys cover the WNBA extensively, which there's not really anyone else doing that. And I get a little bit off track and go off the beaten path with uh, a lot of my guests. So uh, people can find that. Uh, like you said, I spent a couple years, five years coaching Division One college basketball. Got out. Uh, my wife's actually an assistant uh, on Mississippi State staff. So obviously uh, that was a good move for her. And I stepped out of coaching so we could you know, be together and ended up being a good move for her and for me. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a, a wild couple of years of coaching and doing some SEC TV stuff and and writing for High Post Hoops and doing Blue Star Media stuff. So it's it's yeah, I, I am a busy person. You're right, and as the season uh, goes along, it, it kind of varies. But right now, it's it's full Final Four stuff, and it's been a lot of fun to be able to focus solely on college basketball for the last you know two or three months or so. Well, and, and Eli and I have talked about this a lot in our show. We don't specifically cover the NCAA women's basketball. Um, we cover it how it pertains to the W. And speaking of that, we thought it was a great idea to bring you on because you have those expertise to kind of go deeper into this year's draft, specifically the top 12 picks that we've kind of projected and, and a lot of the people in the know have projected it. We're calling it SWCF or strength, weakness, ceiling, floor. And we're just going to kind of go through the what we're projecting, like I said, the top 12 picks. And, and if you could give us a little breakdown of their strength, weakness, ceiling, and floor, and then maybe we'll dive a little deeper throughout it. Um, does that sound good to you? Sounds perfect. All right. So the first pick is shocking to everybody, uh, <laughs> Asia Wilson to the Las Vegas Aces. Yeah. I mean, that's something I think we've all seen coming for quite some time. She's an elite level athlete, just as far as her body and makeup goes, she obviously is uh, a capable finisher, someone who can really shoulder the load. And she's a perfect fit for Las Vegas for Bill Lambeer. She, her ceiling is, I mean, through the roof. I mean, she can be a spectacular player if she ever adds a three-point shot to her game. She's going to be uh, Candace Parker esque, uh, and worst case, you're going to get still a multi-time All Star. I mean, she's she's as can't miss of a prospect as you're you're going to find. All right. And, and moving on to number two, Kelsey Mitchell to the Indiana Fever. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I like that. I, she is such a, a capable scorer. She can do so many different things. You know, I'm a little concerned about her defense. Uh, Ohio State is not known for their defensive prowess. So that, 
that is a question mark on if she can defend at that level. But she's someone that's going to fill up. She can shoot at an elite level. Uh, and for a team, really, honestly, that's probably Indiana's probably the one team, the WNBA, that you go, and eh, they're not going to be that good this year. Everyone else, you can see a high ceiling. They've still got a lower one, but she is she makes perfect sense as far as going there, and she's someone that's going to be able to put the ball in the hoop, and they need it. I got, I, I'm going to jump in here, just a couple of follow-up questions. Uh, first, first with Asia, just real quick. Um, we, for, as far as the W side of things, there's been some debate as to can she be – is she a four or a five? And Bill Lambeers very clearly stated on the record he sees her as a four strictly. Um, I, I kind of feel like there could be some small ball lineups with her at the five, like you said, especially if she added the three ball that – would really give problems to defenses. Do you do you think she could also play some five? I think exactly what you said is perfect. That scenario of small ball lineups, I think she can absolutely do that. I mean, heck, she's been doing that this year for South Carolina in playing the five. And she's strong enough. She's good enough of a rebounder. She's disciplined enough that she can bang down low for you know spurts of time. But uh, ideally, I agree with Bill in the sense that you know she is a four in in my mind. But I absolutely agree with you, Eli. She she can definitely play. F- Play spot, play the five in certain lineups, and she's good enough that she's going to be able to go between the two. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's right. And um, regarding Kelsey Mitchell, obviously she can score the basketball, she can shoot. Um, I talked to you know I in our research, I talked to all twelve teams, coaches and GMs in the W. Um, so a lot of what I'm saying is kind of based off what I'm hearing as well. But there is a concern amongst some coaches that. Right now, she's an elite scorer, but they're worried about, you know, what else she can do. You mentioned the defense, so I want to ask you, I guess, about, like, running a team offensively, the, the passing, the court vision. Where, where, where is she right now um, offensively besides scoring? Yeah, that's a really fair question, and it's one of those things that's tough because you wonder, is it a product of her environment that these questions are here, or is it you know, truly based upon what she is as a player. And there's really no good way to, you know, figure out where that split is. So I think your questions are fair if she can run her team or not. I would, I guess I would like to imagine that she will be able to surrounded by, you know, veteran players and that can kind of help her get there. Um, But I don't think it's a guarantee either. So maybe she's one of those players you see putting up big numbers as far as scoring wise and really struggles in that offensive you know, or assist uh, turnover ratio early on in her career. I, I truly do believe she can develop because she's a player that if you do talk to coaches around her and other coaches in the league, they say she's a great kid, that she is a hard worker. So I, I tend to believe you know, she's she did what she was asked to do at Ohio State, and it wasn't to distribute the ball. It was to go put the ball into the hoop. So I think you know she gets to the pro level. She has pokey telling her what to do. I, I, I do believe, if you're, if you're asking me to pick one way or the other, I'm going to tend to believe that she will be able to develop into a good distributor and can run a team. Fair enough. Let's, let's move on to number three. Number three, Yo Gabby Gabby Williams to the Chicago Sky. <laughs> I mean, what an athletic freak. And, and obviously that is said as a compliment. She is so special in what she can do. You know, her, her issue is that she's 5'11", but Due to her length and her athletic ability, she plays like a six-three, you know, type of player. Defensively, she can switch out and guard multiple positions. Would be really nice to see her add a a perimeter shot, but for the time being, for the time being, I totally get why she would go there just due to just 
there's a lot of clay to be molded there for sure. Gotcha. Moving on to number four, Diamond De Shields again to the Chicago sky. Boy, Diamond De Shields now 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 it gets interesting, <laughs> right? Because if you talk just if we're talking basketball, no brainer. She is a spectacular player and can do so many different things. But you cannot ignore the off the court and character questions. And you you know you obviously see how her college career went down and certainly left uh, a little to be desired and left a lot of question marks behind. So. I think this makes sense for a Chicago team who's trying to get better to take her. But if they were to hesitate a little bit due to those character concerns, I don't think anyone can blame her. And I would be interested to see if somehow she fell past this point. I wonder where she goes due to those questions. Because, again, her talent, we are, we can all agree. She's super talented. But that other stuff matters. Yeah, what – just jump in quick. What uh... – for those who don't know, I guess, like, what is on the record? What exactly happened in college for, like, W fans who maybe didn't follow the college game? Yeah, so Diamond was, you know, playing uh, at Tennessee, um, ended up bouncing um, on April 1st, decided to leave school um, and, and go play professionally. Um, Taya Cooper, who was on Tennessee as well, they're very close. Uh, Cooper's now with South Carolina. Uh, there's a lot to be said. I don't, I, it's hard to keep track on what's on record and what's not, but we'll say there is um, a disagreement in the locker room, and Cooper ended up kind of getting pushed out, and DeShields, as a bit of a protest, I guess, that that wanted to go. And, and she never seemed totally happy there, did DeShields. And you're talking about a player who, from the, you know, from the start, we knew how good she was, but uh, had some issues there at Tennessee and and even before Tennessee um, at, at prior institutions, she's just been kind of all over the place. So I forgive me for not knowing off the top of my head what's I, I know I know the story and, and I don't want to say anything that would uh, you know step on anyone's toes. But she is you know go ahead and go around the Google sphere and you can find. So what, what positions can she play in the WNBA? That's a good question. Um, I think she's a capable player due to her size. I mean, she's a good 6'1". So I do think she can go two through three. And if you want to go small ball, you can probably put her at the four for small spurts because she is, uh, she's a, um, she's not a great shooter, but she's a capable shooter. And she's shown to be a pretty good rebounder over her career. So uh, two, three is, you know, ideal setting. But if you want to put her at the four for, you know, two minute, three minute spurts, I think it's possible over time. Real quick. Um, cause I don't want to, you know, spend too much time on her. What are your thoughts on the value of her playing overseas, playing against professional athletes, you know, that are, that are playing in the W and are playing, you know, other big leagues? Yeah, that's a really good question. Actually. I, I, I do think it helps in, in some regards, um, because of that, like I said, your point, it goes from playing against, uh, young, young women to grown women, which is a huge difference. So I do think that does provide value. Now, in her case, if she stays at Tennessee and plays in the SEC, which is a pretty physical league, I think she still gets plenty of that experience. But um, to your point, I do think it, it helps a little bit. You wonder how much she grew uh, in immaturity as far as, okay, hey, you don't have anything to do except play basketball and get better at basketball. So I don't think that could ever hurt for her to go through a year of knowing what that looks like. Because college, you are so regimented on what you do you know hey you got class you got practice you've got treatment you go to bed pro you know you go to practice and then you've got 16 hours in the day left to still kind of do whatever so i don't think that can be 
too much of a negative for getting kind of a, a year head start on that experience. Yeah, this one's gonna that's gonna be fascinating because Amber Stocks is definitely as a second year coach, she's got to really shape kind of the culture she wants, and so it like you said, it's fascinating because from a basketball perspective, it's a no brainer, but. Um, uh, she's, you know, Amber, Amber Stocks is a pretty tough choice to make there. It sounds like. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I really don't know. And again, I, I get it. Cause you gotta, if you gotta get better then it makes sense. But yeah, what, what's that line? I don't know. You know, only Amber's going to be able to answer that one. All right. Moving on to number five, Jordan Canada to the Seattle storm. So I've seen Jordan play plenty over the years, but actually this last weekend I was at uh, the Kansas City Regional, so got to see her twice in person. I was blown away by her speed and athleticism, even knowing how fast and athletic she was. Uh, she really knows how to run a team and, and you know, set her teammates up and all that, but she also knows when it's time to, hey, I need to take over, she's able to do it. She's quick. I, I, I'd like to see her get a little bit stronger, but she's a player who I really uh, gained a lot of appreciation for watching in person. I think worst case, you're still going to end up with a really steady, solid point guard. But she's the type of kid that could really be in that next era of elite point guards. Moving on to six, uh, another point guard, Lexi Brown to the Dallas Wings. Yeah, I guess this is kind of the comparison between these two. Lexi defensively is really, really good. I, I personally, if I had a vote for the ACC Player of the Year, I would have voted for Lexi uh, over Asia Durr just because of what she's able to do on both sides of the ball. She's an elite defender. She can guard multiple positions again. She has really good instinct, good IQ. She's strong, uh, especially for a guard at her size. You know, she's probably 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, uh, I, 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 sometimes I worry about her motor, not too much. Uh, I just, I, uh, you know, I hate questioning that kind of stuff, but that is one thing that I, I wonder about. But Lexi's really, really good. She had a great career at Duke when she didn't have a ton of help either. So she's, again, a player who could turn up to be a top-level guard. But worst case, I think the floor is pretty uh, – the floor is high, which is a good thing. Yeah, just jump in again because I think this is the, this point guard debate has kind of been a big thing in the WNBA circles. And – it sounds everyone I'm talking to as well is telling me what you're saying about Jordan Canada, just how how blown away they are, how impressed they are, and and I am too from what I see um, in the film I've watched. So so I want to ask you, I mean, wh- why is she, you know, why fifth? I mean, it sounds like other than Asia Wilson, who's like the, the sure thing number one, that some people are really thinking, man, Canada might be, maybe some people should be considering her even higher. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think you actually make a pretty good point uh, in that regard. She's a player who, you know, all things equal for not taking in team needs and whatnot into consideration. You can put her at three if you want to. You could put her at two. And, and really, if, we, if we're looking at earlier, we're probably looking at Chicago. Because, again, Indiana needs someone who can score the ball, so Mitchell makes sense there. But if you're looking at a, a Chicago team and looking there at their guard situation, obviously you've got a Quigley, but you know she's getting a little older. Vandersloot, same story. So there is an argument to be made there if Chicago wanted to go, you know, Gabby Williams and uh, and Canada. Sure, I get that. Um, I'm not too. Um, I wouldn't be you know too hard pressed to see that happening. And and maybe that is what happens because of the Shields question. If you're wondering. You know, by all accounts, from what I know and talk to as well, you don't have to worry about Jordan Canada character-wise. So, you bring up a good question, Eli, and and I don't think it's a I don't think it's a crazy one, and I don't think it'd be crazy to see it happen. Yeah, I would expect definitely. I, I'm anticipating some movement. Um, 
as yeah. I know, you know, Dallas is very interested too in, in Canada at six, though I don't think she'll fall that late to six. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And I, I know you guys, have, you guys do your research and you guys are, are really well informed. So yeah, there's plenty of movement. Uh, I would be shocked to see any less than two trades happen in the first round this year. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't don't send me in uh, freezing cold takes if that's wrong. Okay? <laughs> All right, moving on to number seven. Um, and you might have a little bit more of an insight on this. Uh, VV, as I'm calling her, because I, I get tongue twisted. <laughs> but Victoria Vivian. Yeah, Vivian to Washington makes sense. Uh, they obviously need, uh, or not need, but want a big scoring type of guard. So Vivian's makes sense to them. She's obviously there's some inside info with Mike Tebow's daughter. And my wife, Carly, being an assistant for Mississippi State, look, the, the kid can shoot from WNBA range, NBA range, whatever. She's, you know, she's truly an in-the-gym range kind of kid. She's big. She's legitimately six foot one. She's very strong. She can create her own shot. She doesn't have a left hand. That's a big concern. I mean, she really doesn't have a left hand. Uh, she gets a little sloppy with her ball handling. I guess I'd call her a capable ball handler for a combo guard, but she's got to improve in that regard. She's averaging about five boards a game this year, so she'll muck it up a little bit. Worst case, uh, you're still going to have a kid who can fill it up and come off the bench and score you know, eight to ten points a game. Best case, you develop that ball handling and develop her defense a little bit, which needs some work, and you, you're talking about a, a pretty good player. Yeah, this is another player I really like. Same with Can, you know, similar to Canada. I'm kind of actually surprised to hear seven, just because I feel like it's hard to find like big guards, you know, players that have that versatility. So there's a part of me that even thinks, oh man, she could go higher than seven. Though it's sounding like that's about where she goes. But I wanted to ask, what, I did ask one um, coach slash GM, I won't name, who has an earlier pick kind of, you know, what are your thoughts on, on her? Would you consider her earlier? And there was some concern, you know, the phrase of, of tunnel vision was used, and I didn't quite understand that, but you're, you're more in there. What, what does that even mean? Uh, yeah, that's interesting that someone would say that. And I guess in past time I would get that because she did at times force things, and she did, you know, when she got the ball, you knew she was going to put a shot up. But – you look at the jump in efficiency this year and over the first 15 or so games you saw it and you go, well, 15 games, not a big enough sample size. Okay, well, now we're in the final four and she's still shooting the ball at a really high rate and still taking really good shots. And I feel like she's she picks her spots well. You know, She takes good shots. Uh, when she needs to take over, she does. So it's interesting to, to hear that someone would say that. Um, and I guess you, if you want to go to the flip side, you can say, hey, yeah, she's been really efficient this one year, but I watched her for three years shoot, you know, 35% from the field and 29% from three. I'm going to, you know, I don't want to assume this new one's her, but I, I do think it is, again, worth noting. She's done this over a full course of a season. So I, I don't actually, I, I see her going seven, eight, nine. Uh, I, I can't see her going past nine, honestly, but uh, I get it because defensively she still has a little work to do and again her ball handling is behind as far as the next level so I, I get the question marks but I, I certainly agree with you is that her ceiling could be really really good because again like you said it's it's tough to find a big scoring guard and this kid can score among the elite and again she is six one. she's a broad strong kid and she's a good human being which is also nice to find yeah I uh I I'm big on wanting her to go to Dallas to be the heir to the Glory Johnson throne. I don't necessarily see that happening, 
but that's like a dream case for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can, and I can totally see it happening. And again, it's so hard to, you know, figure out who's going to move where and who likes someone and who thinks the other person likes them more than they like them. And, you know, so it's hard to, to play that game, but she's a kid that uh, I do think whoever gets her is going to be really happy because they really wanted her. So moving on to eight, and this is kind of an interesting uh, pick or projected pick, Maria Vidiva to the Indiana Fever. Yeah, it, this is the big question mark. You, you wonder if she's going to come over immediately, which by all accounts she will be, but you still aren't 100% sure. I know a lot of people are projecting her out to be a center, but I, you know, from what I've seen from film I've watched and whatnot, she seems to me to be more of a 4-5 as opposed to strictly a 5. She's a player who can you know, she can do stuff to kick and play. I mean, I think she's really good. Uh, and again, I can admit that I've only watched, you know, the limited amount of film um, given to me and, and that I've seen. But she's someone that you take, kind of take a flyer on. And, and as you guys know, once we get past six and seven, how many of these players are turning into elite level players? Not many. So someone like the diva who could potentially have that high ceiling at this point. Yeah. Why not take a flyer on it? Hey, I hear you. You know, I personally, I think Indy, I don't want to get too much into it, but I think Indy has, has needed a true center for a while. So I love that take because that puts more questions in my mind because I kind of looked at her as someone who could be a center to fill that role. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. And, and if you are someone with Indy, honestly, if you get talented players in there, like Vadiva is and like Mitchell is, you're going to take a, you're going to take a pretty big step forward anyway. So maybe you do that. Take a look again after this next coming, this upcoming season, and look at see where you guys are at. But you'll certainly have more in the cupboard then. And yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't hate that pick. So number nine, someone who, I mean, the whole tourney, I have just been obsessed with. He a nurse, Connecticut Sun. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like she's like the classic example of she's still playing college basketball. How is that possible? I feel like she's been playing for like eight years now, but she's just so good at not. I don't I, I I'm stumbling over myself because she's just she does what she's supposed to do every time. She hits open shots. I swear she doesn't miss an open three. She plays great defense. She's fundamentally sound. She just she does what is asked of her. And again, at this point in the draft, you're looking at value. I, I don't know how much better value you can get in someone who can knock down open shots, who's going to work hard on both ends of the floor, and that just She's never going to hurt you really in any significant way. So yeah, nurse at this point for me is is a no brainer. Oh, and she was you know draining shots with multiple hands in her face the other night. So I, I'm huge, huge on her. Um, moving to number yeah. ten, Ariel Atkins to the New York Liberty. Um, thoughts on her? Yeah, I, I got to see Atkins play again live uh, the other day in person, and Atkins. Going with Katie Smith, I, I get it. She is a kid who works her tail off. You know, people always talk, oh, so-and-so works hard, works hard. She's a kid that if you watch her play, you cannot help but to notice, man, that kid is working really hard the whole game. And she's got a shot there that you can work with. She's got a, a pro-level body, an elite-level body, and she's someone who is capable of doing a little bit of everything. So for you know, New York and at this point and again with, with Katie Smith, you look at her and you just go, yeah, that that makes sense. And that's someone that you can kind of work things around and, and you can she'll fill her role because, you know, she's going to give you something defensively from the get go, which is so hard to teach. I, you'd much rather teach someone how to, you know, 
create a shot on offense, knock down a three, but you've got that defensive principles already set in stone. That's really tough to find. So yeah, great pick there. Well, quick, I got a quick, quick, quick follow up on on that one. Um, I, I I agree with you. I, I think her motor is incredible. I, I like I like her game. My only question, and I know we're not doing too much on the W, but it seems like New York's like had a lot of guards, but not really a point guard, and they've kind of okay. had some yeah. uncertainty as to like roles right between their guards. Sure. Does she? I mean, do you see her? in a defined position or is she another guard that can kind of play multiple positions, but isn't really a point guard? Yeah, that's a good point by you. Um, I don't think she is a point guard in my, in my opinion. Um, I think, you know, you can, we can call her a combo and if, you know, she has to play emergency point guard, can she? Sure. Uh, but as far as uh, an actual position wise, I don't see her as a point. And, and that's a really good point by you. And I guess part of the problem too is at this point, if we're assuming that the Canada's and the Browns and even the nurse is gone, uh, where do you go if you don't trade up as far as point guard goes? So again, when I look at late first round picks, you look at value and I think it's a value pick. Fair enough. Moving on to 11, Stephanie Mavunga to the Los Angeles Sparks. Yeah, Mavunga, I've been up and down on all year, to be honest with you. I've, I've watched her plenty. I've watched plenty of Ohio State. And again, I, I can admit that at, part of my question marks are, are probably due to the style of basketball that Ohio State plays. And that's not a knock on them. It's just for me, it's not really my cup of tea, I suppose. But uh, she does rebound at a pretty elite level. Her true shooting percentage is up there pretty high as well. Um, I guess I'm not as sold on her as other people are, but uh, she's a player who's going to muck it up. She isn't going to you know, just kind of loaf around. She'll certainly bang and, and make you work down there in the posts. And uh, as far as late round picks go, she's, she's a pretty solid one, yeah. And moving on to number 12, the last pick of the draft, Monique Billings to the Phoenix Mercury. Billings is – she's like – she's one of those all-airport team members. Like you see her walking through an airport, you look up and you go, that kid plays basketball. Like very clearly, she just looks the part. Uh, she's lean. She's athletic. She's mobile. Uh, jump shot, it's, it's something's there to work with, but – her capability of getting the ball from the high post, ripping, attacking the rim, and finishing is is pretty great. Um, so what she's six six three, six four. Um, she's able to finish over taller defenders due to her height, and she's been able to do some stuff down low as far as defensively. She needs to add a little bit more to her frame as far as banging down low. But um, and she's someone who, honestly, for me, I thought as when I saw her as a sophomore, I thought this kid's going to be a top, you know, two, three, four, five pick. And now this is about where she's going to get drafted, late first round, uh, potentially early second. But she just didn't seem to get that much better. Uh, and I don't know why that is, and, and I don't really want to question her or, or UCLA's coaching staff, who's done such a great job there. But she's someone who I definitely think there's plenty to be worked with. But uh, I do have some question marks on, you know, why isn't she a little bit further along than she is at this point? Yeah, she's, she's an interesting one because you hear, like, like you mentioned, some people are saying she might even fall to the early second. And then one GM said they wouldn't be surprised if she's actually taken like ninth, you know, or 10th. Um, and, and I look at LA as a team that probably needs one more big. I mean, I guess like maybe Mavunga versus Billings um, for LA. Cause I know that, you know, they're obviously a contender. Sure. How do you kind of how do you kind of weigh those two? It sounds like Billings might have a little bit more skill, but Mavunga, if they really need someone to bang, 
as the kind of a backup might be the move? Yeah, I think you've got it right on. Uh, it depends on the need. If you're looking short term, then sure, Mavunga's the one. She can she can kind of muck it up down low. But if you're looking long term, Billings is someone who does have a lot of potential. And I, I hate that word, right? Because potential just means you haven't really – there's a lot there that you haven't done yet. But I do think Billings has the potential. And she's not going to hurt you in the immediate. That's the thing. You can still throw her out there. She's still going to do a ton of positive things for you. So – it is a need-based thing. If you're asking me personally what I do, I take Billings over Mavunga. Uh, but again, it, it's a preference thing, and I don't think either way is wrong. I'm curious. Uh, you know, is there anybody before I I kind of name a couple people that I've been thinking of uh, that we wanted to ask about? Is there anybody who wasn't mentioned in this top twelve list that stands out to you as somebody who should be mentioned in there? Uh, I think it's so tough because this year's draft is so deep and, you know, there, there are players that are going to go in the second round that under normal circumstances would go first. Uh, you look at, I mean, shoot, Tennessee's got two of them, right? And in, in Nard and Russell, uh, maybe a Heinz Allen, uh, Shaquille Thomas is up there as well. But uh, to be honest, I, I think you, you laid out a pretty good list. Maybe Gulich from Oregon State would be the one that jumped up to me. And she, she really jumped up in my eyes during this tournament. I, uh, I've seen her play. Uh, but not that much recently, and I thought she looked like a player who can actually uh, make an impact. Yeah, that was, that was definitely someone that I was going to ask about because the way – I mean, they put four shooters around her and just let her control the paint, and it, it was mind-boggling to see her take that much of a workload. Yeah, she she's an impressive player for sure, and, and it's a good observation by you with how they built their, their offense around her, which is – it's kind of fun to see, but – you look at just everything she does, she's a big, I mean, she's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and she's able to obviously bang down low in the post, but she moves extremely well for her size. So she's able to rim run, cause some issues as far as in the transition game, and, and really she doesn't do anything bad. So she's a player who, if you're looking for a, hey, who, who gets drafted after nine that makes an all-star game, I don't think there's bad money to be put on Gulich there because she is a player who works hard, who does have the capability to do a lot of great things. And, you know, was there anybody in that top 12 that really jumped out to you during the tournament so far that said to you, wow, this person is changing their stock value for the positive or the negative? Well, I think Vivian's has really continued. I think it's, Vivian's has done something for the whole ter- or the whole season, rather, as far as climbing goes. But I thought against UCLA, when her team needed her to step up and score, she did. And, I mean, shoot, she started the game with a three from – I mean, it was – if she shot that from NBA range, you still would have said, that's from NBA range. Like, it was one of those kind of things. So she's someone who's really developed. And I think Jordan Canada really, really jumped up the chart. She looked so good all tournament long, and she – really willed her team back against Mississippi State and, and nearly won that game uh, until it got you know away from them late. But I thought those two did a lot to help their stock and, and Gulich, too, to throw that in there. Billings, uh, again, was just kind of steady, and, and everyone else is steady. I think Lexi Brown, it's tough because her last game is, is losing to UConn in a game that wasn't as close as the score indicated, but uh, that was a tough competition there. But for the most part, uh, I, I didn't think anyone really hurt their stock too much. There's one rumor going around, and we're not going to get into the to the validity of the rumor of Alexis Jennings declaring. We're not going to get into that. But I do want to ask, if she does declare, if she is going into the draft, do you think that she affects the top 12? Oof, good question. Um, I do think she uh, – yes. Uh, okay, I'll say yes. I will say yes simply that – 
someone who potentially would want to go up and grab someone like um, maybe like a Billings, um, anyone like that, maybe they go, you know what, we can actually move up, grab someone else, grab a guard, maybe it is a candidate or Brown, and later on have Jennings fall down to him. Um, because I think I think you're right. She, I think she, for me, I, I put her around 12 as a ceiling, but she's someone that if you know is in the draft and you know you can maybe get her late and get her cheap with a second-round pick, that'll affect your, 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 your draft strategy and you can maybe put together a package to move up. So, yeah, that would, uh, that would certainly throw uh, a wrench in things and would at least make everyone pause and kind of look at each other and say, oh, whoa, whoa, who, who's going to do what? Because I do think something would happen. I'll, I'll ask my last question, um, and this has been great stuff, by the way. I definitely learned a lot of stuff um, just hearing your takes. My, my last question for you, um, other than Asia Wilson, um, and maybe maybe you've you've really said Canada, but who which player? I mean, would you bet on as somebody who could just maybe their ceiling is like MVP level, or or maybe there isn't anyone. If you had to pick one player other than Asia Wilson, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I really do like Mitchell. Uh, I do like Kelsey Mitchell. Um, again, I think she's a kid who's willing to work. Um, I think it'll do her some good to get in a professional environment. Uh, I think it'll do her some good to be pushed on both sides of the ball. I think she showed just, I, I really do believe she just kind of scratched the surface of what she can be at Ohio State. And again, part of what she was asked to do. Um, I think she's someone who just, she's got more than we've seen. I think she's someone that in three, four years, we can look back and go, man, where was this kid in college doing this kind of stuff? Like we knew she could score, but who knew she could pass and who knew she could defend opposing point guards so well. So Mitchell's someone, I am a big fan of Canada and maybe that's recency bias because I did just see her in person a week ago and I can admit that they, that might be playing a part in it. But if you're asking me to pick one, I have to be right. I'll say Kelsey Mitchell. I think, I think that's kind of a hot take. You know, a lot of people criticizing some aspects of her game and whether or not she'll be able to compete at the big leagues. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, well, and I get that. And, and I think all the questions are legitimate. But uh, just talking to coaches, again, not just her coaches, but talking to people who have played her and have been around her, even at the youth level uh, that I, I'm involved in, just talking to people watching her grow up, there's, I just think there's more there than we've seen. And, and I don't know you know, if it's Pokey, if it's the assistants. I don't know. If, I think if someone gets their hands on her and can really drive her to the right way. And, again, the, the veterans taking her under the wind, I just – I think there's a lot more under the surface than most people are expecting her to be. And, and, you know, obviously you root for everyone's success, but I I think it'd be pretty cool to see her prove a lot of those doubters wrong. I think we'd all like to see that. And again, Blake, man, we really want to, we really want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Everybody, if you listen to our show, take a listen to his. If you follow us on Twitter, make sure to give him a follow. Um, If you want to say any last things to the folks, uh, now's your time, man. Well, thank you guys again for having me. Again, I, I, I do listen to your show, and uh, I love what you guys are doing for the game to grow the game. So I appreciate you, you having me on, value my opinion. It's been fun uh, chatting hoops. I, I love you know I love the WNBA, but college is kind of where I cut my teeth in the game and, and obviously where I do most of my work now. So uh, I, I love talking this. And um, anytime, more than happy to jump on, even if it's for 20 seconds to, to throw some insight out there. But um, I certainly appreciate what you guys are doing. And I'm pumped. Uh, Final Four is here, but W is right around the corner, and I I absolutely love it. And, folks, this has been... 
this week's episode of the WNBA Insider Show. Again, each week we cover different topics important to the W, using X's and O's along with key stats to bring honest and critical analysis.